Welcome to the Rectified Podcast, your go-to destination for everything marketing. I'm Sandy Dedeon, your host and the founder of Rectified Inc. We help small and medium businesses perfect their marketing and social media game. Join me and my guests as we answer all your marketing questions and deep dive into digital marketing, content marketing, social media, and Pinterest marketing. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my latest episodes. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Rectified Podcast. Today's guest is Erica Peter. Erica is a fellow Montrealer. She's a content strategist and the founder of The Grind, an online learning platform for creatives, marketers, and service-based entrepreneurs. Before launching The Grind, she worked for over 10 years as a journalist, notably at La Presse. For those of you who are from Montreal, you know what La Presse is. After that, she became the head of content of a major Canadian marketing agency, and she worked with brands such as Hennessy, Veuve Clicquot, Del Monte, and others. With The Grind, she's on a mission to help as many creatives, marketers, and service-based entrepreneurs to grow successful businesses with classes taught by real experts with significant years of experience. Hi, Erica. I'm so happy to have you as my guest today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for accepting to be on my show. How's everything with you? Well, I mean, we launched the the grind a month ago now. So everything it's, you know, like in the beginning of a business journey, it's always a bit hectic, but it's extremely promising. So I'm really happy so far we get, you know, like we got good reviews. So I'm pretty excited. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit more about yourself if I missed something and more about the grind. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think you sum it up pretty well, I would say. So I would say, you know, that my my life is a little, when it comes to, I mean, to my career, is it's really linked to storytelling. You know, when you think about journalism, yeah. it is storytelling. And it's a job that I've dreamed to do all my life, you know, so I, that's why I started early and that's why I did it for over 10 years. Yeah. And yeah, when I got this opportunity at this uh, major marketing agency, it was a shift for me because I started to hang out more with entrepreneurs and I started to get curious, you know, about entrepreneurship and so forth. And I knew that marketing would be a path, you know, to help entrepreneurs. So getting this opportunity to be a head of content and working with those big brands, it was definitely um, a, a change for me and a good change. But it also taught me a lot about who I am, uh, because as you know, uh, working with international brands is also means, um, you know, like... As a millennial, it can be complicated when it comes to environment, equality, yes, <laughs> and all those yes. things. <laughs> yes, we're gonna t- we're gonna talk a lot about these big brands you oh, manage yeah. and what you learn for th- from that. I know, right? It's it's really tricky because um, it's like you have some good experience, you learn a lot, but you also learn a lot about your own limits, right? Yeah. Definitely. So tell us more about like these big names. How is it working for them? How is it creating content for them or like the story that they want to tell online? How how does it function? And like, what was your learning experience from that? So I would say that it's bittersweet uh, just because 
those brands usually they have an understanding that they need to be online. Yeah. Uh, but they're not willing to invest as much money online. And I mean, it's the case, especially in Canada. The budget in Canada is super low when it comes to those brands. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I feel like when you work in marketing, you want to be in, based in the US or the UK because you know they're going to put up some money. Mm. In Canada, it's tricky. Like, it's not like a favorite country, I would say. So it can be very frustrating because sometimes you have those big ideas, but you cannot put them into execution because they don't want to put that much money into digital marketing. Mm. So you can have the best content strategy. You can have the best influencer marketing strategy. Um, if the money is not following, uh, it can be tough. But other than that, I would say that it pushes you to be creative with the little money that you have uh, to be able like, to, to meet uh, their, their goals. So I think in that way, it's, it's good because it's challenging, but yeah, it's, it's bittersweet. <laughs> Do you think that they have smaller budget because it's online and they, their perception of every, everything that's online, that it's cheaper, so they put less money there? I think the main issue is the people on top are from... I don't want to. I don't want to use a, a bad word. A different I don't time. <laughs> no, but yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Like, yeah. so for them, like digital marketing is that little thing. You know, it shouldn't mm. cost too much money. But the the truth is, it's they should put as much money in digital marketing as in the regular marketing. You know, yeah. so usually they uh, spend more money on on-site events, you know, mm. um, but those events are not regular. So you want to build a relationship with your target audience. So you need something regular. And the truth is most of people are online all the time. They're not in the yeah. club every day. They are online yes. all the time. Uh, but it's something that those brands have a hard time understanding and they don't want to put too much money on it. Mm. So usually what happens is that they have a small budget and then they would say, this is our budget, prove us wrong. But at the same time, if your budget is low, how can we do that? You follow what I mean? Yeah. So it's very complicated to, to work with those brands, to be honest. But again, this is based in Canada, you know, because yeah. the, from what I understand from the people uh, I know in the US, that's not the case. They, they usually put put some money in the digital marketing. Um, and I could be wrong, but this is my experience in Canada. Mm, yeah, I've heard this from so many people that the budgets are way smaller in Canada. But this brings so much space for creativity. And that's why more creative people are here, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. But yeah. that's the reason why also I feel, you know, working with small businesses, they have a better understanding of digital marketing, so it's easier to pitch them. And I'm not saying they always have a huge budget, but it's it's already like the, the understanding is different, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, because usually it's people who are from those generations who understand how much digital marketing can be powerful. Yes, especially for small businesses, they prefer to put the money in digital because they can reach more people. And if they want to do like real life things, let's call them real life uh, events or marketing stuff, they need much more money and they can't afford it. So they yep. go towards digital more and more uh, to reach 
a bigger audience or other countries or something. So yeah, it's something that we notice. So Erica, tell me what was like the key point that, or like a key learning from working in a big agency with big brand names? I would say that having a network is really important. And I feel like most of the times people have a tendency to connect with people when they need something. And I think that maintaining a network is what we get you further in that world. Yes. Um, Meaning that, so for instance, I mean, as you said, you know, I was the head of content, but I was also taking care of a lot about influencer marketing. And I kept a relationship with the influencers. And when you do that, they are more willing to sign for another deal, you know? And I'm not saying that because it was calculated. It's just because I actually cared about every person I was working with. But what I realized afterwards, it, it was that it paid up. It really did. And I feel like people don't value the network that way. And and again, when I say that way, I mean meaningful relationship. When it looks fake and it sounds fake, people don't want to work with you. So I, I would say, you know, like, I'm not saying to be friends with anyone you work with, uh, but always like have an interest, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, tr- really try to connect and understand, you know, what their business is about. So afterwards, you never know, you know, when you be able to work together again, but it's really important to have a strong network and build like nice relationship with those people. Definitely. I'm with you on this one, whether it's in business, whether it's in marketing in everything in life, uh, having a network in your like city or even an online network. Sometimes I'm friends with people in the US on Instagram, somebody in Texas, somebody in, I don't know where. So it happens, but it's a virtual and real life. But I'm I'm with you with this. It's very, very important to keep those. Yeah. I mean, we, we actually call it Instagram friends, you know, yeah. like it those became your Instagram friends. Yes. And I use that word and I would never thought that I would say that, you know yes. what I mean? Yes. I used to see these people like, this is my Instagram friend or uh, this is my Instagram friend and I created a business with her or something like that. And I was like, how can you become friends on Instagram? And now I do have Instagram friends. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, it it is funny, actually. Um, Let's go back to marketing and content. So tell us, like our listeners are mostly small business owners and they always struggle with content creation and all that. So what can you tell them about content creation and what can they do to like promote uh, their small businesses with that? This is something that is really close to my heart because I see people making the same mistake again and again and again. Whenever they're creating content, they just think about, okay, Right now, July is coming up. What am I going to create for July? So the truth is, you should know it before July. And what I mean by that is that you need business goals. Yeah. A lot of people nowadays, it's it's a good thing, but it's a bad thing at the same time, is that they start their, their business journey without thinking about business goals is because they are so passionate about something. But the reality is that when you want to promote your business, you need business goals before you can implement marketing goals 
which uh, and content strategy is part of having marketing goals. Yes, so exactly. So when you have business goals, usually, you know, like you separate them by quarters, you know, so you're pretty clear about what you want to execute during each quarter and then during each month. So it means that by July, you already know what you want to talk about. So then it becomes easier to actually create your content strategy for July because you know the direction you're supposed to take. And having clear business goals is actually what will help you grow because otherwise, what do you track? You know what I mean? Like you need yes. to be able to know what, what is success to you uh, because I feel like a lot of people get lost online uh, because they see someone saying, hey, I'm making 10K per month now and this is what I did, but this is what you did for your business. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't have the same business, so we don't have the same business goals. So people get lost and they're trying to copy paste what other people are doing. So this is my, my best advice. First, get clear about your business goals and then figure out, you know, based on your business goals, what are your marketing goals, which is you know, based on metrics, something you can track. And then you build your content strategy based on those marketing goals and business goals. I mean, this is pure gold. This is something that I struggle with and I preach on a daily basis. And I'm sure you've lived that over and over again. And it's crazy. Like people create content like last minute. They want to post something today at 5 p.m. 4 p.m. They decide oh, let me do a picture of this and that and then post it on Instagram. And then they say, oh, nobody liked it. It's not functioning and things like that. But it's deeper than that. And whenever I talk to people I work with, my clients and, and you know, small business owners, I tell them we need to do a strategy session. We need to set the goals. They don't understand like the importance of that, they just say, oh, I want to post recipes. I want to post inspiration code. Mm -hmm. I want to post this, but the recipes do not align with your brand. You know, it's always things like that. But uh, yeah, like what you said is pure gold. And I hope that our listeners will take that into consideration before doing anything else. Talking about the same thing, they all care about followers, likes, vanity metrics. What's your opinion about that? So it's important and not important at the same time. So it means that, you know, if I take an example as when I was working with influencers, I would always pick the micro influencers because usually mm. they have a better engagement rate. So it means that people are way more engaged with them. But oftentimes... Uh, those big influencers, they don't have that type of engagement, right? So you, yes. you're not able to get the same results. So you have to think about it that way. It's not so much about how many followers they have. It's mostly about how engaged is their community. So if you're telling me you want to work with someone who has 100K followers and they are super engaged, obviously you, you're going to have a, a nice turn up. Yes. But if the engagement is low and when I say that it's lower than 3%, you don't want to work with them. There is no point. Exactly. Uh, people are, won't be engaged. Uh, they won't connect. They won't buy anything. So I don't want to say it doesn't matter because I do know that the power of vanity metrics, meaning that whenever you see someone who has 10K and over, 
ultimately speaking, you think that, oh, that person understood something, you know? Um, so you still want to be in that boat just because of that. But you want to make sure that you build a community. You really want to do that because otherwise it's like you'd be talking to, to anybody, you know, like talking to no one um, and you won't be able to make money. Like people won't consume anyways, you know, they just see the numbers, they follow you, but they cannot connect with you. So they won't buy your product. They won't, they won't choose your services. So it's very important to really understand that and really separate, um, you know, like the number of followers uh, with the community. For me, a community is powerful and that's really what changed the game for any businesses. Exactly. But also, I believe it's very important to mention to our listeners that even if you don't have 10K, you can still do something and have an engaged community, especially if your account is new. There are some people who have like 500K or a million followers, but these people started from the beginning of Instagram where, you know, you used to grow like crazy and they, they worked on it for years and years to have 1 million followers or 500,000 followers, you know, and somebody who's new and who's struggling, like, just think about how many times do you have to post to get a million follower? It's crazy. You cannot make it in a year. (laughs) But like, think about it. Like, to be quite honest, when I talk to people, when I ask them how they got their 10K or over followers, they don't know. This is the reality. People Mm. don't know. They don't know what clicked. They don't know why at some point they got a bunch of people following them suddenly. Um, And like you say, because it was the beginning of Instagram, like things were working. It was pretty easy at, at that time. Like people were just following for no reasons. Yeah. Nowadays, like people have to work really hard to get those followers. And even like sometimes, especially with reels and all that thing. I mean, when it comes to real, to, to, to this day, we don't understand how they works. Right. Yeah. But still, and I, I don't want to diss anyone. Still, you have some people who would be like, oh, I have the secret for reels, you know, that we, you know, get you a lot <laughs> of followers and stuff like that. We don't know how it works. Yeah. We don't. Like suddenly, like I've seen some people with one reel, they move from 500 people to 10K. They don't, they didn't know how, yeah. but still they managed to say, hey, I have the secret. Now I can sell it, but they don't. Mm. <laughs> I'm telling you the yeah, truth. Yeah, they yeah. don't because we don't understand how it works. So you have to be very careful, you know? And I do agree that sometimes some people with just a thousand followers, they make a lot of money as well. So don't exactly. judge based yeah. on that number. But my my point was was that you need to move up. That's that's my entire point. It's like at every stage, you can make money. That's for sure. But you need to keep on moving up because at the end of the day, it's a game. And in that game, the numbers matter, you know. So the more you have, uh, the more followers you have, uh, the more people will believe uh, that you are worth it. So in the end, I'm not saying to fake it. Um, I think that at every stage you should prove your worth, but you still you should still move up. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's very important to also have the right followers. So if I have 10,000 followers who don't care about, let's say, marketing, because that's what I have on my page, um, they 
it won't matter because they will not buy my services. They will not interact with me. They're just there and doing nothing. While if you have 10K or 1,000 followers who are like, they love you and they love your subject, it's much better than having millions and millions of people who don't care. Yeah, exactly. That's mm. what I meant earlier by building yeah. a community. Yes, When exactly. you have a strong community, they will buy uh, what you are selling, they, they will use your services and they might not buy right away. And that's another thing that people don't understand about marketing is that it takes time actually before someone makes uh, a procession decision, you know? Yes. Uh, they don't buy right away. Uh, but that's why you have to keep on working on building that community, on showing your, uh, your worth and, um, and your values as well, because pe people connect with people. So usually they buy the person behind the brand. Yeah. And they, and you have to also build trust somehow, like with time, they will know who you are, what you know, and they will start working with you somehow. Exactly. Mm. Talking about that, you mentioned people who will sell you the secret of reels or people like how you need to build trust in order for people to buy from you. So you in the grind, you have a list of experts uh, who can teach people about marketing, about Facebook ads, about this and that, like mul multiple subjects, LinkedIn, photography and all that. Um, and you chose the right people who are experts to teach your subscribers uh, cert about certain topics. But let's say I'm just someone who's starting in my business or I want to do Facebook ads, for example. Let's take it as an example. How do I know who is the right person? Who is the expert? How can I choose these people? Yeah, I love that question. You know, before answering that, I just want to say that's the reason why I created The Grind is because I really saw that something was missing in that part, meaning that there are so many people who claim to be experts who are not. And I feel like when you're not in the field, it's a struggle. I've seen people talking about content strategy and having way more followers than me. And all I hear is bullshit. And I'm sorry, I don't know if I can curse here. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, and for me, it was crazy because it's very frustrating. Not, not, not for me as an entrepreneur, uh, but as a person who has values, I don't like scams, you know? And that's why, you know, in my head, I was like, I need to find a solution, you know, for small businesses so they can connect with real experts, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I agree that it's tough. It's tough. But I would say that the biggest mistake people make is that they tend to be reactive instead of proactive. So a proactive person would know what type of services they would need in the upcoming months. And that goes back to business goals. In your business goals, um, you should list actually the type of services that you would need in the upcoming month. So yeah, so in my case, I've been working on my business since October. And I already knew, even though I was going to launch in May, I already knew that I would need to work with someone for Facebook ads when mm -hmm. I would launch, right? Yeah, yeah. So I knew that since back in, back in October. And it's because I had already my business goals. So I knew for each month what I needed to do. So I went on to look for the right person for me for a couple of months. And what I did is I actually interviewed people, you know, like you need to interview exactly. them like uh, someone would interview you when you apply for a job. It's the same 
thing. And that's why I call being proactive. Um, and that way, you are sure to find the right person for your business. When you are reactive, you just hire quickly anyone and you might pick the wrong person because you are in a rush, you know? Yeah. You don't have time to ask questions. Um, you don't have time to actually contact the people they work with as well. And that's something I, I pretty much recommend anyone to do. Find people they work with, ask them questions to make sure um, that the person you want to work with will work well with you, you know, based on your business goals and based on your business, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very important to be proactive to find the right person. Is, and also, if, yeah. if you don't know, if you don't know anything about the field, um, I feel it's it's also good to ask around, you know, to your friends, you know, what is Facebook ads for people who are already running ads, you know, and ask them what works and what doesn't work for them. So then when you're thinking about hiring someone, you have the right questions as well to ask. This is very interesting. There's You mentioned something that I don't usually do. And now I'm going to start doing is interviewing people they worked with. I never thought about it. Like I check, okay, they worked with this company and that company. Okay, this seems interesting. And then I talk to them, you know, we do a meeting and all that and I see what they do. But I never talk to the actual client of this person. And that's a, that's an interesting point. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to know based on your business if it would work for you, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. um, some contractors are specialized, you know. so. And I feel like being specialized is great, but it doesn't mean, obviously it means that it might not work for you. So contacting the the, the people they work with will help you a lot. But also you do have to realize that people would say what would sell, you know, so you cannot trust what's put on on the website. Like obviously the person is going to say they are the best. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. They will not say, oh, this time we did these ads and we failed or something like Come that. On. <laughs> no one would do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, this is also interesting. I hope people are listening and they, they are taking some notes because these are all like pieces of advice that nobody told me, for example, when I first started, I'm sure nobody told you when you first started. And then we all learned from our mistakes and what our like experiences with work and all that. So this is also interesting, but also if they don't know what to do, they can just join your membership at the grind, (laughs) right? Yes. Uh, You have a special offer for our listeners. Yes. So for anyone listening, um, so I believe you're going to put the, the code in yes, your description, yes, yes. I would say. I'll put okay, so you have like 20% off. Um, so, you know, it's a membership, so you can test for a month if you don't like it. Um, it won't hurt my feelings, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you will because so far everybody has been loving it. Uh, right now we have courses about SEO, content strategy, um, Instagram, Canva, also photography, um, building websites. So it keeps on coming. And in July, we're going to have a new course about niches. So yeah, every month we drop new courses and the goal was really to make it affordable for when you're starting a business, because I know that when you are in the beginning of your business journey, um, it's, 
tough, you know, like to spend money and to find the right person for you. You Not every, everyone can hire a contractor. Exactly. And that's the goal of the grind is to help you guys in the beginning um, to learn yourself how to do things to be able to grow until you can hire someone. Exactly. This is very interesting. I'm a big fan of that. I also offer sort of these kind of services, but not as elaborate as yours, not all the topics. But I do believe that small business owners, uh, when they when they're just starting, they cannot afford to pay, uh, even if it's cheap, relatively cheap, they cannot afford to pay that and they need to do some things themselves. So with by joining a membership or like a certain course online, um, they will gain so much more time and they will learn um, not from their mistakes, but from experts, which is a much better way of learning. Exactly. Yeah. So Erica, we're gonna uh, this episode like was so fast but I enjoyed my time but we're gonna wrap this up I want you to tell our audience one last advice from someone who worked with all these brands and now is working by herself like what is the number one advice you would tell um, small business owners and entrepreneurs so it's going to sound cheesy but don't stop um you know, we talked a lot about vanity metrics, being online. And I feel like people get very frustrated by seeing other people's success. And, um, but don't forget that a lot of people lie online, you know, uh, yeah. fake it till you make it is the real deal. Uh, so you never know, you can fake a lot of things online. I would say focus on your journey, network and, and keep grinding. I like this (laughs) thank you so much Erica I enjoyed this episode and uh, I hope that maybe someday we're going to do another episode talking about other things and that's about it we're going to wrap this episode up and see you next time thank you That's about it for today. If you wish to get more insight or any information about marketing and digital marketing in particular, you may check our website on www.tractified.co forward slash posts. Of course, I will link to everything in the description of this podcast and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of my episodes.